Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug-and-play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. Welcome, everybody. So uh, we're here today with the Youth Fitness Podcast with the Martin family. We're going to be talking today with a, a very important guest to us, Dan Cuisenberry, out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. He is the owner of the Brand X Method Lab there in Nashville. Dan, would you mind uh, just introducing yourself, letting everybody know who you are? Sure. Like Keegan said, Dan Cuisenberry. I've been a physical education teacher now for 24 years. I've been running a Brand X training center slash lab now for... It's been eight, nine years, just about. I'm also in a high school now, running the strength training for a football team and also run weights classes during the day for multiple sports or even just general education kids. Cool. Very good. Very good. So, Dan, you've worked both in, I mean, your experience is really broad. You've worked in the gym, right? And you've run all kind of all the age groups from young right. kids all the way through through the teen years. You've worked for twenty something years as an elementary school teacher and applied, you know, our principals in elementary school. And just recently, you moved to a high, to a high school, right. and you were hired on to be the strength and conditioning coach for the high school and to run strength classes. That's is that right? Correct. Yes. Cool. So, you know. Tell me what it's like to walk into into the high school weight room right from the What's going yeah, on? So, I mean, as you can imagine, and unfortunately, more common than not, it's it's kids. They're lifting. You know, they're definitely lifting things, but not necessarily <laughs> the right way. You know, it goes back to y'all saying just because you can doesn't mean you should. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the situation I walked into is pretty much if I went to any high school, you know, there may be that one unicorn out there. We wish there were more, but just, you know, it kind of is what it is. It's what I expected and knew what I was getting into. So nothing really shocked me. With that said, I think a lot that I've done and learned from you guys over the years, whether they are the elementary age, middle school, and now the high school, I mean, it all starts with the basics. And that's what we had to do. I mean, to fix the culture, we had to start with the the movement skills and teaching the proper motor patterns. But I think the biggest thing with the older kids is the education piece. So, you know, when you work with the young ones, we talk about educating the parents. And of course, that can apply to the high school too. But when you're in there with, you know, 14 to 18 year olds, you can educate them the same way as the parents. They're smart enough. They know enough. So in, in them understanding the intent of everything. And I think that's kind of how you get the buy-in. They're used to doing something a certain way, but when you can sell why it's not the best way or here's how to do it better. And then they feel right. themselves, you know, feel better in the movement. I think you start to, you know, get them on the line, you know, like the fish and you can start to reel them in. I read a, a quote 
either today or yesterday, maybe not a quote, but it was on Twitter about high school kids. They'll ignore you first, right? <laughs> then second, they'll start to ask you questions or question things. Then you'll start to build the trust. You know, right. you get, and you get and you get a few that you can rope in right away. And that's the thing. You change what you can immediately and then you get them. And I always encourage the questions like ask why. If I can't explain why we're doing it or why it's important, then I, we shouldn't be doing it. You know, simple yeah. as that. So, yeah, that's I mean, kind of where we started. And then in my situation with strength, as far as sports, the main team is football. So you can imagine, I mean, from freshman to senior, probably about 150 players, not yep. all at one time. That's broken into a freshman team. And then you have your upper and lower classmen. Sure. Uh, and typical boys, they, they're they not concerned at the start at how they're doing it, how much they're doing, uh, you know, right. the, the, old, the old ego part. So the big thing there with sport, I think the way I approach it, it's easy, is you're in here to train to get stronger and be healthy, be able to perform on the field, you know. And the last thing you want to do is break down your body and have a messed up shoulder, knee, or back where you can't play the game that you're training to play. You know, I'd make it that simple. Yeah. You got 10 games, you, you hurt your shoulder and you miss the first five games. That's half your season. Yeah. So I think you start to get the buy-in there. They see the importance of doing it right, you know, and maybe leaving a little bit in the tank each time. So, you know, hearing you talk to them about potential injuries, I can imagine, you know, just with everybody's mindset of rap kind of, envisioning this right like walking into a teenagers lifting a high school setting you said like the football culture you know kind of bringing it back what was like the start of your application of the brand x method some of the the, the movement principles what was how did you start with that was it like just kind of observing a class first and then going towards application or was it just hey straight from the straight from the get-go we're going to do this yeah uh, it's a great question so my situation was unique. I didn't have the luxury of starting, you know, after the last game last year and having a true offseason, right. you know, start to build from the ground up. I started midsummer, right after what's called their dead period. So these guys had been training all winter. They did the winter strength and conditioning from, say, January to that runs through about spring break. And then they start like phase two, as we call it. They continue the strength to start speed work, change the direction, acceleration, deceleration, sure. all of that into the spring practice. And then in the summer ball, which is around Memorial Day through the end of June. And so at that time, the end of June is when I, I was transitioning in over the two week dead period. So they didn't see okay. anyone. And so they come back from dead period. And here's this new guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what they were used to and like a lot of places is, I mean, you know how it is. You you can yeah. write anyone a workout, but that doesn't mean they're doing it right or doing exactly. the movements right. And and that's what it was. They they were squatting, they were benching, they were cleaning and doing whatever. Yeah. But that was it. It was on the board, it was go, and it was as much as you can, and you're you're just going, and you know how it is. There's no time domains where you maybe you're supposed to do three sets. Well, one group took the whole time at, that they had allocated for that and did one set. The other one did three sets in two minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was just a the structure there. It's like, we're just lifting. Sure. And I hate to say without a rhyme or reason, but kind of that's what it was, you know. Right. And then like anything with big groups, they had to be put into groups and do different things. And 
from just a logical organizational standpoint, some things didn't make sense. You know, right. did you jump in with like, let's say where the other coach left off, right? Like, let's call it their classic five by five or three sets right. of 10, whatever it was. Right. Did you jump in with their program and kind of observe that first class or did you write your own program and say, Hey, we're going to start to, this is how this class is yeah. going to go. So yeah. what we did was the freshmen, we just scratched. Like I, I didn't want to know what they did or anything. We went to right. an empty gymnasium Cool. Yeah, yeah. And we started from the ground up. We started cool. with, you know, how to properly brace. You know, yep. We taught them where to breathe, how to make their body like a strong tree. We yep. started working on how to, you know, put the, you know, all the motor patterns, how to externally rotate the femur from the hip. All that. But then I would take those things and show them this is how it applies to a squat or this is how it applies to a push up or a plank. So they started to understand the reason behind it. And this is how you put your back in a safe, stable position or your knee in the right place. So you don't have knee issues. And I would show them what it shouldn't look like. So I started to get there by and right away. The older okay. guys, I simplified everything. So yeah, I wrote it myself and we introduced them to tempo and what yeah. tempo work is. Yep. So if they were deadlifting, I would go just to an RDL and we would just go yep. to the knee RDL. I wanted to teach a good hinge. I want to teach them how to engage your lats. And we were working the movement skills, but still trying to keep the ball somewhat rolling. Yeah. But yet scale back, you know. So we did a lot more. Hey, you're going to get strong. We're going to put your time under tension and, you know, and teaching them what these things are. Yeah. Um, and quick side story, because I get sidetracked. I know. So we're teaching them, okay, we're going to do, you know, a four, two, one, one tempo. And of course, they don't know what that is. So teaching them what it is. I had a senior, massive guy, very strong. And then he goes on to college, he comes back, everything in his program has tempo numbers on it. Yeah. And so, you know, he was like, oh, everything you were teaching us, I actually have to know. So, yeah. so that's always, you know, past that. But, you know, instead of bilateral, you know, two-legged squats, we were doing split squats, you know, sure. nice and slow because single leg works, obviously going to make it lighter. We would do weighted step-ups, simple things. You know, sure. instead of cleaning, we were doing med ball throws or we were doing very <laughs> light trap bar jumps. And we were focusing on the external rotation, sending the hips back, absorbing the force, things like that. And yeah. as you get into more of the practice, I think they appreciated the scaling back a little bit of the volume. And then in season, we would lift mainly Monday, Tuesday, and then we would do a very light, almost like you would on a deload week type workout on Thursdays, the day before right. game. So it was easy just to implement it in. You know, we kind of have a hinge push-pull day, a squat. You know, if we did a horizontal push, we do a vertical push, whatever, the next day in a different pull variation. And we'd always do heavy carries. So they hadn't been done carries, so we would work, you know, core in that way. I, li I like that, Dan, because, we, you know, we talk about this a lot, like scaling back so that we can focus on those motor patterns, right, mm -hmm. in terms of utilizing the tempo. But still building strength in other ways and positively right. impacting the CNS, right? I uh, like did a U18 recently on that exact topic, which is like those two things. A lot of times people view as you've got to move them together. Like if I'm making my squat stronger, I've got to load the squat and continue yeah. to progressively overload the squat. And it's not true. You can focus on that tempo, like you mentioned, right? right. You can, you can make them do something like a, a heavy prowler push or a heavy sled drag or a heavy farmer's carry to where you're still positively impacting that CNS but you're at the, at the same time, you're focusing on the motor pattern. Right. So it's cool that you implemented that. And that's a really good way, I think, for a lot of people to, to kind of pick up on, you know, 
those two things are, they don't have to be done at the same time, right? Like the motor pattern can be impacted separately from the CNS. And we do that through the use of like less complex movements. Right. So that's cool that you, that you brought that up. And it's the way that the, the kids can see progress too. Like they're, yeah. they're, you're, they're, you're working on what you want to work on. They're going like, well, I pushed the prowler really heavy today. Yeah, and that's, exactly. yeah. And it was uh, some things where they weren't used to different ways to move. And so there was, some, you know, buy in there. I did the older guys. I didn't say young guys. I did observe two days. Might have been one day too many. And then <laughs> we started to make the shift. And I think they were hang cleaning that day. And I'll be honest, from that point through the season, we did not hang clean again. Just took that out. They weren't ready for it. We just moved on. No, there was no yeah. need. Uh, but now if you could come watch their hang cleaning correctly, but we started in January, we had time to go back and do it unloaded with dumbbells and then, you know, with the PVC and then with me holding them on a pause and blowing a whistle and having everyone together, very militant to start to where yeah. now it's good. You know, we worked a lot recently, you know, to get rid of the starfish catching, as you know, people will do the big old leg spread to where they would catch and then ride down the front squat, knowing that their feet's already there. Should be, you shouldn't have to bring your feet back in the squat. That means yeah. you're catching too wide. So if you get too wide, then you got to drop the weight. And so they've done a really good job with that. But that was something we could have never done in September, October, November, you know, anything during the season. But it's funny because you know how it is that kid, kids are going to get stronger anyway. It's just the body. Sure. We talk about that. You know, it, yeah. we, we didn't make them 50 pounds stronger. They just got older sometimes. But the kids were still getting stronger. And they could see that when we did progress from – dumbbell bench you know having me we're benching the football because obviously that one's a little easier and they're like oh i'm doing five reps within july i could only do one <clears> time <throat> you know yeah and they, exactly. could, they could feel how much stronger they were getting and that's yeah. when i think you really get them reeled in when they realize it's working yeah, i think cool. there's a, a tension between not tension maybe but a, a counterbalance between like deadlift and squatting with with youngsters in an environment like this with the deadlift or the clean Technically, if they do it incorrectly, technically they get to a point where they simply can't get better. Like they can't clean, I can't clean more with this bad technique. I can't lift more off the ground with more technique. Yeah. And with a squat, they, they add 50 pounds and they go an, an inch higher and they go, look, I got I got I did a better, you know, I got stronger in the squat. And you're going, no, you, you really yeah, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you really, you really didn't. Right. And then they go, well, no, really, I'm mean, slapping their 50 pounds on. I go, look, I'm 100 pounds stronger. And they're, yeah, you know, no, you're not. Six inches <laughs> higher than, than they actually were when they did yeah. the original yeah. squat. And it's, it, there's tension there in trying to explain to a child, you know, because that's what they are. They're children. They are. If we correct your deadlift and correct your form, you're actually going to be able to lift more. So we're going to have to roll that back. And if we, you know, if you, you know, you're not actually getting stronger in the squat and, you know, having that discussion yeah. is hard. So one of the things I like about where you're going with this is, you know, you kind of rolled this all back. You have the freshmen and now the sophomores who, who yeah. started correctly. You're never going to have to roll things back for them. You're never going right. to have those discussions. Just moving forward. It's now. really hard to have a discussion with a 17 year old that no, he's not squatting 400 pounds. He's down to 135. And yeah. So did you have any of those discussions? <laughs> did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. And then and the big thing too, and we're constantly saying is I can only control when I'm with them. You know, they we're in a fluent area. They have their own garage gyms or their buddies mm -hmm. do, or they go to another gym. 
and understanding. I think a big problem is the overtraining and not understanding proper rest and recovery. And yeah, and the seniors, believe it or not, were easier. I think just they're more mature. They're like they they could understand what I'm saying and said, no one taught us. I mean, they just admit it. They go, I didn't know any of this. I wish you were here when I was a freshman. Like the number of times I've heard that, you know, I could be a millionaire if I got a dollar. Well, we don't have a million kids, but you know what I mean? They keep saying, I wish you were here. It, the yeah. hardest group is probably that sophomore, immature, junior year. They're the ones that have the whole world figured out, as you can imagine, as the 16-year-old. The they're, they're the ones that are harder because – they're wanting to do more. So, you know, getting them to scale back was probably the most challenging group up front. But the older kids, we, we had the buy-in from the start. So it's kind of like you've got, it's a very complex thing to step into, right? Because you've got two different groups of people and both of them are kind of stuck in what they want. Like everybody wants the outcome. We know how to get there, yeah. right? But it goes against the culture. So it's like with the, with the teens, we talked about that a little bit, right? Shifting their mindset, kind of stepping in from day one. Hey, this is what we're going to do from now on. And I think with the, with the, with the teens, it's easier than with the, the existing or pre-existing coaching culture. So can you right. talk to us a little bit about how, you know, the other coaches, cause, cause we're not, we're not football coaches, right? Like we're right. not sport coaches, we're strength and conditioning coaches, how did they kind of view you coming in and taking everybody back? Did they think like, Oh no, this is going to, this is going to drop our strength back. We're going to get destroyed on this portion of the game. Like how did that go? Yeah, no, great question. So going into it, I've been on that side too. So I coached high school football for about 15 years. Yeah. And the program, I'm in, the head coach, we coached together at another school and we actually coached at this school seven years ago together. Oh, cool. A couple of years. So we had a relationship. So coming in, he knows everything I've done with you guys and Brand X. And he's brought his kid to my classes. Cool. Um, so he's a firm believer. I've worked with that. him privately oh, in my own yeah. garage. So, yeah. So it was never like the AD hired me or the principal hired me to come in. And I had to, you know, which happens in schools. And you've got to you know, sell your program when I'm over. So the buy-in was there. Now that cool. doesn't mean every coach on staff believed it, but my big thing was I would love to have coaches help, but if they don't understand what we're doing, I would rather them say nothing than say anything. You know what I mean? Cause then you're contradicting. Yeah. And that's happened. Some, sometimes it's just maybe one coach. Too. It was just fine. I just tell like, follow my lead. Here's what we're looking for. And I'm happy to coach them as I coach the players. So that's been great. So, and I think that helps with the players buy in because they know the the coaches believe in it. So then, you know, yeah. they want to impress their coach. There, it's not contradictory, and that made it a lot smoother. Cool. Definitely, yeah. So describe a class. Here's I got just in my head. You've got how many Wait, class? How many, like let's say you're just you're going to squat. You got the football team coming in. You're going to squat. How many kids is that? How do you divide the class up? I'm really interested in like you know when we when we would do a squat class. I might have 15 kids that I'm monitoring. I'm pretty sure you got more than that going on. And got some questions about how that kind of how that looks. Yeah. All right. So we got the team training, and then we have the class setting too, which is a whole nother. I think we can discuss, but it with the team right now, it's nice because we have probably about 60, 65 guys, not all in the weight room one time. So I split them. So our, we have 10 racks. So you can do 40 
because that's four in a rack. You could make a lot. You got the platform in front. You got the rack. You can make it work, especially in season. But off season right now, we split it. You probably got 28, 30 in a group because you got guys at baseball, track, rugby, lacrosse, wherever they may be. So we do a younger group, older group. So I got that younger group that I've been able to groom since last July that they'll, like right now in the spring, they'll do outside speed work, agility work, you know, dynamic type warm up while maybe the older guys are lifting and then we switch. And then we alternate that each day. So you're not always running first or second, you know, we just to try to balance it out. In the winter, what we did from the early morning, January through March is the older guys came in first because most of them can drive. We would start in the gym. We do our movement prep, work on the specific movement skills that we're using or trying to develop more. And then we would transition into the weight room. And then as we're in the weight room towards the end, probably 10, 15 minutes left, the younger guys were starting to show up and they were in the gym and we would start their movement prep. And then as the older guys finished the weight room, they would go back into the gym and the young guys would come in the weight room for their lift. And the older guys would be doing either accessory work or core work. We could do the bands out there. We could do extra heavy carries. We could do med ball throws or box jumps. Sometimes we did that on the front end. We, we, we mixed that part up. And so we would never have more than 30 in the weight room at a time. Mm-hmm. So you're talking three at a rack instead of the, the four. But in season, there's times it's 40, 45 in the weight room at a time. And then we just try, you got to be efficient because if you have, say, 25, 30 minutes for a group. So one group will come in for that half hour. The other group, if it's, so if offense is lifting, defense may be in film with their coach. So they're doing film breakdown, either watching the previous practice or game. And I've got offensive guys, and that would be sophomore through senior. And then they would flip. We would do things where we would just, like I said, the movement patterns, we may have RDLs coming out of the rack. I may have dumbbell bench. I may have, you know, banded pull-aparts and a heavy carry. So you got four guys, you're one at each, boom, boom, boom. You know, we hit like three sets. And then it may go to, okay, here's all we're doing. Accessory today, two or three sets of step-ups. We may be doing pendulums and we may be doing face pulls. And boom, and we're 25, 30 minutes and gone. Not counting, you know, a five to eight minute movement prep. And then the next group comes in. And the next day, you know, we went RDLs, bilateral. Maybe we're going to go split squats. And then they're going to go reverse hypers. Or we're going to do a goblet squat, you know, whatever it may be. However, however we program it out. We may go press out of the rack. And we're going to go Bulgarian squats using the bench or a box. And then we're going to go suitcase carry or overhead carry. We go down the hallway. So we try to spread it out. So you really have you know, one per rack out in the hall, 10, and they got one in the rack, one out of the rack, and maybe one on the side. And so then it moves very efficiently. And then we'll do everything on a clock. If it's four sets and I want them to have time to do it, if it's four movements, we may do every four minute on a minute, 16 minutes. They know we're going at zero, four, eight, 12. That gives you time to hit each. And then we go on to the next set. Cool. So I have a couple of questions on that. Uh, yeah. Dan. First, you know, I keep hearing you say, say the word we, how many coaches did you have for let's call it in season with the 40 plus kids? How many coaches did you have out of season for, you know, 28 to 30, like you're saying. And then second question is 
like logistically, not logistically, but organization wise, how are you tracking their, their progress? Is there one of you guys that's staying at the, it's called the important lift, right? Like your RDLs, your Bulgarians, what? Well, now it's squat, deadlift, bench, and press, but we, we right. weren't there yet. <laughs> yeah, but like even even at before the, that, like, even at the beginning, like with those yeah. those quote unquote the, the the main lift, right? Yeah. Like, were you guys tracking that progressively? How were you doing it, and, and how were you making yeah. sure that they were? So doing it? we use uh, Google Forms, so okay. I create a QR code that's set just for our school. So I have the pictures up and I'll put it on the main screen and they all have their phones. They'll take the picture. That's real simple. Their first name, last name, what class they are, you know, sophomore, junior, senior, it is, but 10, 11 or 12. Okay. And then it would be, so RDLs three by eight, you know, they're, they're tracking, they're putting their numbers in. I'll put in there, what was your bracing strategy? So I try to check for understanding. I'll put you know, it's something, how did you feel about your lift today? And, and the feedback you get is awesome. You know, yeah. some will say, you'll get your good, great. Yeah. Some of them's awesome. And some will write two sentences. You know, I felt a little off. I didn't sleep well last night. We got through it, you know. It's um, kind of bringing some self-awareness there, which is good. Yeah, but yeah. And, and then I'm always checking, okay, do they understand? Like, how did you engage your lats? you know, today, like, how did you do that? And, and hear them write out, you know, scapular attraction, scapular depression, like go right out the terms. And then, you know, they're, they're understanding that they're hearing it. And sometimes I put in there, what did you eat today? How many hours you sleep last night? And so we do all that. And then I can sort it by player, by grade, by lift, and we keep track. And then the winner, we were able to do that now with the deadlift, squat, bench, and press, cool. the main ones we tracked. We even started tracking... With um, the real lifts. Do what? I said with the real lifts. Oh, yeah. The tra- and, yeah. you know, the trap bar, we, we, <laughs> this is always funny. I call the trap bar the cheater bar. Um, <laughs> we got, it's fun to cheat. And I tell them, I go, when we deadlift, is everyone's grip the same? They're like, no. Okay. Well, on a trap bar, it has to be the same. <laughs> this little skinny kid, you got a big kid. You got to grip the same spot, yeah. right? I mean, then, yeah. it's fixated. And most of them, a trap bar, like most athletes, they're very quad dominant. So they're shifting forward. Sure. Um, and then you'd have all that space and freedom in the trap bar because you don't have the bar right on your shins. So we, we, but again, we did not straight bar deadlift until January because it yep. just, I didn't have time to do it, you know, with the season. So we just didn't. Now, did we use the trap bar? Something we did. And I was trying to teach that. So what would we do? A four to five second eccentric. Yeah. You're sending the hips back or count that and pause. There, there is no, and I told him, I said, if something's dead and you go pick it up, is it moving? And they're like, no. I said, all right. Then every rep, it's dead. I go, we're not going to do one deadlift and then bounce it four times. So we, yeah. we pick that out. There's no bouncing. They had to stop, re-engage. And I would tell them, like, show them, like pulling the shoulders into the back pockets, you know, yep. um, the breath pulling the ribs down. And they, they're they good at it. And then we got to the point probably in February with belts. We showed them how to actually wear a belt for when we need to use it. But, you know, you can do so much unbelted. But they didn't know. What do they want to do? Just crank the belt as tight as they can. I'm like, well, where are you going to breathe? How are you yeah. going to just make the belt tight with your air? You know, so it's been fun. I mean, and it's been about eight, nine months. They've come a long way. But it's that constantly drilling the basics over sure. and over and over. You know? And how many coaches did you have for off-season and in-season? Yeah. So in season, typically one more in there, 
one that had a lot of interest. Unfortunately, we just recently lost them. They went out in the real world because the thing they were doing in teaching, they were offered a job doing it in the real world to make probably a lot more money. But so typically non in in the winter, most of our coaches would help on the gym part. You know, I'd give them things to do in the gym. You know, maybe they're doing working, you know, broad jumps or the med ball throws or the core work. And then, you know, sometimes one or two would come in the weight room more as a presence than anything else. Cool. But yeah, I mean, it's usually coaching 30 to 45 at a time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So one, one coach, you know, know. you have one coach for 20 or, but you know, yeah, ideally yeah. as as things go, it's one coach for, for 40 right now. So that, but, that could, but it's been good though because you talk about everything's about culture and what you develop and the ones sure. are there. And Jeff had the idea last summer where I was fortunate to have probably about eight brand X kids in the younger group and cool. they became leaders. And then same with the older group, I've identified who moves well, who's buying in, and they help. So everyone's being watched, everyone's getting coached. It's in there. They're not just, it's not a free for all. It's not yeah. just you know, you're lifting and we, we tell them that. And, and that's where I think the tempo and stuff helps a lot too, because it is controlled. We're not allowing them to do anything with momentum right now. Yeah. And, and it's say we tell them like how they feel, you know, and I always say that, you know, your back and knees should never hurt squatting deadlifting. If it does, we're doing something wrong. You need to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then I've dealt with some of the younger kids who've had the growing pains, you know, where they grew three inches because they're freshmen and, scale, and they, they're honest with me. They tell me, and then we, we work around that. You know, we, we change what they're doing and, and then we get past it and it's all good. So, so with one, with one coach, right? Yeah. Cause that could be a huge challenge, like keeping everybody organized set. You know, you talked a little bit about the class culture. How did you communicate what was going to happen from like the start of the class, did they have access to it beforehand? I know you mentioned the QR code with the uh, like Google forms. Could they check that at any point and see like, oh, okay, you know, today, later today, I'm going to be doing this or tomorrow we're going to be doing this. Uh, no, the first, when I, every time on Monday, they get the whole week. Here's what we're doing. Oh, perfect. Cool. For those that want to do extra things. And I do the same thing in the weights class. I got Monday through Friday. Here's the movement patterns we're working and the specific lift and or lifts attached to it. So yeah. they know, okay, we're deadlifting Monday, okay, or we're pressing Tuesday, we're squatting Thursday, you know, whatever it may be. They they know that up front. And then okay. when they come in, we have the whole workout. It's like any class. We It's on a big screen. We And then we put up the movement prep. We do the movement, but we go over what we're doing. Here's the key points. And then we always demo, whether it's me demoing myself or I grab that great mover to demo. And we do a few reps of everything every time. Cool. So every time they're seeing it, and then we do it with the PVC. We go through, we've done the full Brand X method PVC warm up multiple times, yep. or we'll scale it back to more of the things we're doing that day if it's a, a time concern. A lot of times we like to do it all because, as you guys know, that's just more practice. Exactly. The more we can practice. And a lot of times we go, the gym's connected. So we can go in the gym for warm up because it's crowded in the weight room of 40 some guys and PVC sticks. Yep. You know, we we had some Star Wars situations early on because they never used PVCs. Yeah. So <laughs> of course, getting that, getting that yeah. culture, you know, from the from the fresh start that you had, getting that culture. I know you mentioned you had a few brand X kids that had already kind of been in your program outside right. of the school, but 
what are some tips that you would recommend for people if they're coming into this situation of their own where they don't have that? Like, how do you develop the culture where everybody's bought in, they want to pay attention, they know that it's important? How do you develop that, that culture? Well, I think it's what we spoke on earlier. You got to sell the importance of injury prevention and being right. healthy and play and you just be honest with them up front and have them talk. Say, so what are you, what are you here to do? Like, you know, what are we here? Like we're here to play football. I want to be a better receiver. And, and they say all of these things. And, and then I always say, well, I didn't hear. I wanted a 300 pound bench yeah. or I wanted a 400 pound squat. I said, oh, that's great. But then you want to be a power lifter. Well, then we'd be doing things a little bit differently, you know? Sure. So we have those kind of conversations, you know, we want to get strong, but we also want to be powerful. We want to be explosive. We want to be fast and we want to be, you know, limit our chance of injury and be durable and be strong later in the game. So I think you get the buy-in, but just relating it to the sport they're playing. Perfect. Yeah. You know what we're doing. I think that, I think that's the big thing in sport where when I have my weights class, which we haven't talked about is totally different. Because I've got people in sports, I got people in not. So you got a lot of teenagers. They want to do the quote unquote bro splits. They want to train muscles. They don't understand movements. You know, they want to have their chest day and their back day. Yeah, they don't understand training. I say you train the movements, your muscles will get strong. They'll get big, but you're yeah. gonna move better. You know. So in a weights class, it's another one. Probably 20, 24 to thirty in there. One teacher, one coach, one teacher. And now you're talking about Anyone supposed to be sophomore to senior. I do have a few freshmen just because of schedule stuff, but that are in there and you've got maybe the all state wrestler. You've got the kid in band. that's never done anything athletic in their life. You've got the sedentary kid that, you know, just sits around, maybe carries extra weight. You've got the football player and the girls volleyball player or basketball. So it's a wide range. And then you go through the school year where you have different athletes in season or out of season. So you have to balance that. It could be game day. you got a baseball player. They're pitching tonight mm-hmm. and we are pressing in class. Well, that's probably not going to be a good idea <laughs> for them to load up on the press and then try to pitch five, six, six innings that night. Right. So in class, we have, again, then we have our main plan for the day, what we're going to do, or what we're focused on. And then I usually have five or six other plans going on at sure. the same time. So, you know, we just individualize it. Or I may have a football guy that just trained 530 in the morning to 645 with football, and he's in my class at 740. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to work mobility. You know, we're going to do banded hip stuff or banded shoulder, pigeon, couch stretch. We're just going to work mobility. And then maybe he's got tight ankles and we're just going to, you know, get a side plan going. Get better positions going. Yeah. You can never do too much mobility, I don't think. Uh, Um, Yeah. You touched on this earlier. And kind of in the same way as you have kids who are in sport and in your classes and you're having to do this, what You've run up against a couple of times where uh, some of your athlete kids are coming in, doing your work, and then going to a personal trainer outside and doing more work. And yeah. So kind of talk to us a little bit about how you address that. And, you know, yeah. uh, you know. it, I mean, it goes back to the whole overtraining. And I'm like, it, it, you, well, if you're with me and you go through our workout, I'm assuming you're doing nothing else. <laughs> That's what I tell them. I said, so how, when's your body recovering? So we start talking about recovery, you know, how that works. 
And especially if you're doing big multi-joint movements, you know, how from the 48 to 72 hours, I said, here you are going eight hours later doing the same movement again. It just doesn't work. And I tell them, I said, I'm on both sides because as you guys know, I work privately with people too. And if they come to me and they're doing that, I tell the parent, I said, they don't need to come to me. I said, if they're doing their training, let's just take a break. If you got a break and I tell them, take a break or if they want to come a day, you know, they're struggling with their clean, you know, and they're not getting that practice and they want to do technique and practice it. That's fine, but we're not going to load up. You know, we're not going to push it. It's not going to be a strength training session. It can be all technical and that's fine. You know, or maybe it's mobility issues. They're tight. You know, you got, so when I got there, when they front squatted, you know, there were these guys, (laughs) you know, how this. well, how, how do you catch your hang clay? And they're here, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't catch it. They just hold it. And the elbows are down here and I wonder why and their their legs are part like a hockey goalie, you know. I stop it with my tight muscles. The start, (laughs) yes. Yeah. I stop it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we just had those conversations. I had a kid just a few weeks ago. It's funny. So we're lifting Monday, Tuesday, Thursday right now with football and they're going outside before or after. They start spring practice Monday. And he says, I got to work with a trainer. Is it good to go Wednesdays? I'm like, well, well what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> and he's like, just whatever plan. And that's the whole thing too. Like the trainer doesn't contact us. We don't have this conversation like we should. And be like, here's what we're do- doing. And the trainer, if they want to work around it, maybe he wants to work on, you know, speed work, but then I have to tell him what we're doing, you know, and yeah. outside and, and I just tell them, honestly, if, they, if they're just itching to get that fourth day, I always tell them Friday or Saturday, but talk to me, here's what we're doing, and here's what you could do. And then I could usually, depending on the kid, tell them what they should do, you know, right. based on what I see in, in the room. Because, you know, what they'll do, let's say we're deadlifting on Monday, they'll be in their buddy's garage on Sunday and come in and say, I deadlifted, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, then you're not going to deadlift right now. Okay. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so what so, what what are some of the positive outcomes that you've seen so far? Like, give us some of the success stories from that program because I know I know working with forty plus kids, there's got to be some pretty cool. Oh yeah, is that you've seen some pretty cool uh, positive applications outside of the weight room that you that you've witnessed? So give us some of those, man. Well, fu- funny one first is when they mock me. When they say yeah. <laughs> externally rotate your femur and stuff, and they use all the terminology, like yeah. I go, you think you're mocking me, but I see it as you've listened. Yeah. You know, so I flip it back to them because I mean, they'll For do sure. it all the time. Like yeah. one day I was walking by the art room the other day, I saw a kid, he saw me, he goes, oh, shoulders back and down with whatever he was doing. Yeah. You know, art. And I'm like, all right, good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you look better. Um, yeah. <laughs> the cool part really is this young class. And to watch them grow. So not just the brand X kids, but how it's spread. And I use so many of them. And like I said, having like eight of them, different ones to demo, they all want to look like that too in their movement to where, I mean, big picture in two years, it's going to be awesome. But the weight they're moving now, because they were patient, they weren't worried about it. And now they're getting really strong, but they're doing it really well. Yeah, and we point that we always point that out, not how much we want to say, it's how well you do it. And they understand that. And they're not yeah. pushing the envelope to ever get out of position. There's in fact some kids I'm saying, okay, we need to add five pounds. Okay, we can yeah. add five pounds here. 
And this is going way too easy. But a cool story had a senior. I told Jeff and Mickey this story. And he's going to go off to play college football next year. And the thing they always says, no one ever taught him how to do it right. Strong kid, about 240, 250-pound kid. He, at the end of the season, so around Thanksgiving, in class, in the weights class, we go over programming and stuff and teaching them how it works, how to get stronger. And I went through like the 10, 8, 5, 3, the four mini cycle, four weeks. Yep. He goes, I want to do it. I want to commit to it. I said, okay. So we started first of December. And the funny thing is he screwed up the first day. So the first day he didn't, it was like a Monday. I can't remember if we didn't have school or something. I was like, we'll start tomorrow, Tuesday in class. He's not really want to start now. I can go to the weight room after school with another kid that was going to college. The other big one that learned about all the tempo. He got, I go, all right, then we'll just, cause he wanted to get his bench, you know, let's see for football bench. We did, you know, bench, deadlift, squat, and press. We're going to do the big four. I said, all right, we'll start with bench because that'll be simple and I don't have to worry about him as much. And it was going to be the two by 10, one by as many as possible. And based on what he's did and everything we built through the, so I had him in class and football. I said, we're going to start at 185 because I confidently knew he could do 185. Yeah. So after school, he goes, I gave him his warm up, his accessory work, everything. I go, so what'd you do? He goes, well, I didn't get all the reps. I go, well, what do you mean you get all the reps? I go, well, what weight did you do? He goes, well, 195. I says 185. He goes, I know, but it felt really easy in the warm-up. Right. Like, well, that's not the point. So he did 195.10, and then he did it like seven times. I was like, Classic. wrong. I said, you failed day one. Yeah. You know, day one. So anyway, that day we were in deadlift in class. So we deadlifted, and I got him right. And from that moment on, he never failed again. He yeah. never questioned. He didn't add five pounds. He didn't even add extra clips. Just he did what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And for 17 weeks, he never, like most teenagers, he didn't try to max out on a lift. He just stuck to the program. And usually if it was, you know, 10, you know, you want to get 12, he was getting 15, 16. When we got to the eights, he was getting a dozen or 13. When yeah. we got to the fives, he was getting 10 reps. When we got to the threes, he was getting six or seven. And yeah. I always leave in one or two in the tank. It's good. And then we tested last week. I let him test week 17. And he went up 33% on his deadlift. Mm-hmm. His squat went up 14%, bench 10%. His press went up 52%. Now, the reason the press and deadlift were so weak, they never did it. So he he squatted over four years. He benched a lot, but maybe did some cheater bar deadlifts, but he never learned how to deadlift. So his squat deadlift every week, the weight was the same Mm. because he hadn't done it. So it was way out of proportion, you know, like, sure. So, but his press went from 115 to 175. Oh man. Yeah. So, so he was 100% That's great. Yeah. Take that. He, yeah, really, yeah, really strong. Yeah. So yeah. like his squat was like 355, I think, and then he squat 405. He probably has 415, 420 in there easy. But yeah. then again, I told him, I said, all right, we throw 10 more pounds on, 15 pounds, and then you tweak something. And yeah. then now here you are, first of April, you're supposed to report the football, right? You got to start the football training May 1st. I said, then what? So we talk risk reward, just like you do with you know, 
box jumps. You know, we got the pile of wood boxes. I'm like, all right, so you get three more inches. Okay, you go four inches and you bust your shin open. Was it worth it? Yeah. So again, understanding that. So that was good. And a lot of and people have seen that now. And that's from a senior. And everything he says, I wish you were here four years ago. Yeah. That's what we get. You know, that that's the constant. But even other guys have said, you know, it was just the clean or it's a squat and just, you know, learning how to rotate the femur from the hip, how their knee doesn't hurt. But they they didn't know, you know, and I tell them, I said, it's fine. I go, I didn't know. When I was in high school, I did what they were doing, what most high schoolers do. It was loaded up. Yeah. You lift till you can't lift it. And I said, I did that. Yeah, for sure. You know. And, and <clears throat> I guess the last question for you, Q, is you, you mentioned your, your, you know, the lab location outside of everything that you're doing at the school. Have you seen a positive increase at the lab from what you've done at the school? Is that something that you're expecting to see maybe in their off season, some kids show up to still train with you because of what they learned? Is that something that you're promoting? Is that something that you just kind of are letting happen as a byproduct? Like, Yeah. I mean, ironically, most people I get the labs outside the school. I try to truly separate it, but not mix like the two. I think that's a ethical thing. Yep. If someone reaches out, they reach out. Most people I've trained outside are not at the school. And then new people are friends of theirs because they see them, the changes they make. I mean, I work with a lot of kids that are at rival schools to who we are. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> helping them. But, you know, it yeah. is it is what it is. But, no, they get it. They're there. They can sign up for weights class. They get, of course, you know how it is. One-on-one, two-on-one training is a lot different than a group setting. but they're getting yeah. it, you know. Cool. So we see some of those pictures you posted of the lacrosse girls that you're working with. That's not our biggest rival. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So that so would like, be like well. in context. So you got you know Alabama and Auburn. They hate each other. So they say we're Alabama. Those girls are at Auburn. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because the lacrosse girls at our school know I work with them, and they. And they actually beat them this year. They give me a hard time about it. No, <laughs> but you've got some. You've had some real successes there with those girls. Oh yeah, uh, getting on. And you and you guys their- know it. And I got it there in the weight room. And I'm probably going to work a little more with girls basketball and maybe girls softball next year. The female athletes, I always say, and you guys may agree or not with this, the teenage. Female athletes easier to work with than the male, but the male adult is easier than the female adult. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Like mm-hmm. the female adult doesn't want to be told they're doing wrong and that, but the male adult, we all know how dumb we were and we were boneheaded and we're ready to do it right. And it's like the opposite of the young age. The girl, the young girls want to do it all right. The boys just want more, 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 you know, more weight. At least that's what I've found over the years. One of the things I, I always enjoyed working with the girls, the younger girls on weights is because nobody else, I felt like, believed in them and yeah. offered them the opportunity mm. to step onto the platform and, yeah. and fight. And it was amazing how, like, I, we watched kids in sport outside of Brand X, outside of our gym, and we watched this track of sport injury just, like, increasing through the years and I'm looking at my girls that, that we're training and they're completely. stepping into sport yeah, and zero injuries. And, yeah. you know, it, it, that statistically that should never have happened. Like we should yeah. have had 
some of our kids injured and they yeah. just wouldn't, they just weren't. Let alone the, the, the mental and emotional benefits too, right? right? Like you'd watch that oh, song. Yeah. It's absolutely skyrocket. They, and, uh, and I mean, to, to benefit the, the physical side of things, but they knew they were stronger Yeah, and they knew they were. Well, yeah, I got them in class. I, I get these females in class. I didn't think they would ever do anything with a barbell. Yeah. You know, I, and then here they are. And then you can just see them light up and how empowered they feel. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Dan. We appreciate it having you. Yeah. Welcome to the athlete coach network a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.